0: Welcome to the Popey podcast you didn't know you needed, where we talk history through Pope colored glasses and some of the craziest, most popular stories you've
1: never heard of.
2: It's a real joy for us to welcome
1: you all here. I would like to invite each of you to listen. Do
0: not be afraid. Pie Jesu Domine, This is a popul- popular podcast.
3: Do not be afraid. Welcome to the Popular History Podcast. History through Pope-colored glasses. My name is Greg, and this is episode eight point twenty 20C. And even more wonders. All of these odd episodes are made to let us build our Pope-colored glasses so we can use the same lenses when we look at history together in the main show. If you're lost, start at the beginning. This episode continues our rosary-themed tour of the Second Testament, a.k.a. the New Testament. It is the third part of our three-part chronological overview of the canonical miracles of Jesus in honor of the second luminous mystery of the rosary, the Wedding at Cana. Now, let's return to two places we haven't been in a while, Jerusalem and
2: Gospel of John.
3: After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, a pool, an Arametic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed, and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, The man who healed me, that man said to me, Take up your bed, and walk. They asked him, Had healed him. The Greg says, This, our third miracle from John, after the wedding at Cana and the healing of the nobleman's son, which were both at the beginning of our roundup, this is our third Joannine miracle, and it's also the third of the seven signs in the book of signs I mentioned back in the first episode of this roundup, if you can remember back that far. We won't have to wait as long for the fourth such sign. In fact, The fourth of the signs of the Gospel of John is our next miracle. And it's even a Synoptic Roundup! To boot. Yes, my friends, get ready for a four part rendition of one of the most famous of Jesus' miracles, the Feeding of the Five Thousand. And, yeah, sorry for the spoiler there, but hey, let's go!
1: Gospel of Matthew.
3: Now, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, and healed their sick. Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages, And buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, We have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. The Greg says... I don't know that I necessarily need to dwell on the Eucharistic undertones here, but uh, suffice to say, basically, whenever a Catholic hears the word bread their ears perk up. Same with wine, for what it's worth, though that's less relevant here.
4: Gospel of Mark.
3: The apostles returned to Jesus, and told him all they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place, and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now, SEND THEM AWAY TO GO INTO THE SURROUNDING COUNTRYSIDE AND VILLAGES, AND BUY THEMSELVES SOMETHING TO EAT. BUT HE ANSWERED THEM, YOU SHALL GIVE THEM SOMETHING TO EAT. AND THEY SAID TO HIM, SHALL WE GO AND BUY TWO HUNDRED DENARII WORTH OF BREAD AND GIVE IT TO THEM TO EAT? AND HE SAID TO THEM, HOW MANY LOAVES DO YOU HAVE? GO AND SEE. AND WHEN THEY FOUND OUT, THEY SAID, FIVE AND TWO FISH. And those who ate the loaves were five thousand men.
2: Gospel of Luke
3: On their return, the apostles told him all that they had done. And he took them and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. And when the crowds learned it, they followed him. And he welcomed them, and spoke to them of the kingdom of God, and cured those who had need of healing. Now the day began to wear away, and the twelve came and said to him, send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and get provisions, for we are here in a desolate place. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. They said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we are to go and buy food for all these people. For there were about five thousand men. And he said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about fifty each. And they did so, and had them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And they all ate and were satisfied. And what was left over was picked up, twelve baskets of broken pieces.
2: Gospel of John.
3: After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him, because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went, up to the, Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then, and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread? so that these people may eat. He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. Perceiving that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. The Greg says, Three out of the four accounts carry directly on from the feeding of the five thousand to our next miracle, Synoptic round, no, 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 it's not the three out of four you'd expect, so put the siren away.
1: Gospel of Matthew.
3: Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, where he dismissed the crowds. After he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves The wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Greg says... Of course, I can't let one of Peter's appearances pass without comment, and it's always fun to see him charging out rashly. I do think Francis draws from that tradition in ways. In any event...
4: Gospel of Mark.
3: Immediately, he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side and cried out for they all saw him and were terrified but immediately he spoke to them and said take heart it is i do not be afraid and he got into the boat with them and the wind ceased and they were utterly astounded for they did not understand about the loaves but their hearts were hardened the greg says of course now with the air horn being silent That only gives us one other option here, namely that it's time for the fifth sign of the Book of Signs. Gospel of John When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough, because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, They saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were afraid. But he said to them, It is I. Do not be afraid. Then they were glad to take him into the boat. And immediately, the boat was at the land to which they were going.
0: The greg
3: says, The next miracle is actually yet another continuance. There were down to just Matthew and Mark, having lost Luke right after the five thousand got fed and with John's take leaving this off. So let's jump into it, as we've got some sick folk to heal.
1: Gospel of Matthew.
3: And when they had crossed over, they came to the land of Genesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent around to all that region, and brought to him all who were sick, and implored him that they might only touch the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. The Greg says, Ah, yes, the old magic garment deal. Great for hemorrhages and all kinds of healing, apparently. Cool.
4: Gospel of Mark.
3: When they had crossed over, they came to land at Genesaret and moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him and ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he came, in villages, cities or countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplaces, and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment, and as many as touched it were made well. The Greg says. Now we're heading a ways north, to cure another demoniac, or actually to basically drive the mother of the demoniac to near despair, before finally caving and actually healing said demoniac. Gospel of Matthew. And Jesus went away from there, and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, my daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. He answered, And her daughter was healed immediately. The Greg says. Oof. Uh, reluctant Jesus for healing, folks, because of uh oh, definitely he's only doing Israel for reasons. It's kind of disturbing. Um, but uh yeah, that's in there, so keep that in mind. There is uh, a certain tension between Israel and the surrounding nations, and uh this uh This kind of reflects that. Thank goodness for the persistence of the mother. And of course there's also an account in
4: Gospel of Mark.
3: And from there he arose and went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house, and did not want anyone to know, yet he could not be hidden. But immediately a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him, and came and fell down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth. And she begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread, and to throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said to her, For this statement you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. And she went home and found the child lying in bed and the demon gone.
0: The Greg says.
3: Next up, a healing, where Jesus gets uh, more physical and Mark alone bears witness.
4: Gospel of Mark.
3: Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. And they brought to him a man who was deaf, and had a speech impediment, and they begged him to lay his hands on him. And taking him aside from the crowd privately, he put his fingers into his ears, and after spitting, touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed, and said to him, Ephaptha, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. And Jesus charged them to tell no one. But the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He even makes the deaf hear, and the mute speak. The Greg says, Now, as you know, when Jesus multiplies bread, there tends to be lots of witnesses, indeed, thousands. We had five thousand and now we have slightly fewer at four thousand. Presumably, John and Luke were somewhere among the missing thousand, because that second multiplication is not recorded in their Gospels. Here's what we do have.
1: Gospel of Matthew
3: Then Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion on the crowd, because they have been with me now three days, and have nothing to eat, and I am unwilling to send them away hungry lest they faint on the way. And the disciples said to him, Where are we to get enough bread in such a desolate place to feed so great a crowd? And Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? They said, Seven, and a few small fish. And directing the crowd to sit down on the ground, he took the seven loaves and the fish, and, having given thanks, he broke them, and gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up seven baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were four thousand men, besides women and children. And after sending away the crowds, he got into the boat, and went into the region of the Megadan. The Greg says... Interesting uh, parallels there. So, some numbers have changed. The events are obviously very similar to the feeding of 5,000. The Gospel of Mark also has an account.
4: Gospel of Mark
3: In those days, when again a great crowd had gathered, and they had nothing to eat, he called his disciples to him, and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd, because they have been with me now three days, and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come from far away. and they had a few small fish. And having blessed them, he said that these also should be set before them. And they ate and were satisfied. And they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. And there were about four thousand people. And he sent them away. And immediately he got into the boat with his disciples, and went to the district of Dalmanthua. If you're curious about these place names, Delmanthua is uh, a place that is only mentioned in this account, and we don't know where it is. Um, apparently, it's near the Sea of Galilee. As for Megadan, from the uh, Gospel of Matthew's account of the Feeding of the 4,000, the only Megadan we know of is a city in Russia that happens to be well east of Tokyo, so it's kind of on the wrong side of things and it's probably not the same place, although maybe Jesus really was looking to get away from the crowds at this point. The next miracle is a bit of a classic in that it follows many of the now-familiar tropes, but it does have a twist. See if you can catch it.
4: Gospel of Mark.
3: And they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand The Greg says Jesus, canonically, had no flaws, but he seems to have miscalibrated this miracle. There are deeper readings, and if you want to seek them out, by all means do so. Every verse of scripture can be, and in many cases is, a podcast or a book in its own right, or it's at least a homily. As for us, it's now time to return to Jerusalem, and to the Gospel of John, for the sixth sign of John's Book of Signs. In this one, pay attention to the sheer physicality of the way Jesus chooses to perform the miracle. Gospel of John As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned, or his parents, and washed, and came back seeing. The neighbors, and those who had seen him before as a beggar, were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is he. Others said, No, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud, and anointed my eyes, and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. So I went, and washed, and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. The Greg says, I gotta say, this uh, spit-mud thing is the worst sacramental since the old confirmation slap, or perhaps since the straight-up wet willy for the deaf man a few miracles ago. Man, Jesus is on a roll here. Now, believe it or not, we're actually approaching the end of the specifically recorded public miracles of Jesus of Nazareth, as you might have already guessed from the fact that the next sign from the Book of Signs will be the seventh and final. But let me trump that by pointing out that this is the last time you're going to hear a synoptic roundup relating to these miracles. Synoptic roundup! Gospel of Matthew. And when they came to the crowd, And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? He said to them, Because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. And when he had ventured out of the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, This kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. The Greg says, Well, uh, apparently epilepsy equals demon. Also, I believe, help my unbelief. Words to live by if you choose to. Belief isn't an either-or proposition.
2: Gospel of Luke
3: On the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, a great crowd met him. And behold, a man from the crowd cried out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. And behold, a spirit seizes him, and he suddenly cries out. It convulses him, so that he foams at the mouth, and shatters him, and will hardly leave him. And I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. When he was coming, the demon threw him to the ground and convulsed him. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the boy and gave him back to his father. And all were astonished at the majesty of God. The Greg says... Next up, one of the... uh, Otter Miracles, and a possible callback to Tobit, if my sense is correct. What do I mean? Well, let's (laughs) dive in. Gospel of Matthew When they came to Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma tax went up to Peter and said, Does your teacher not pay the tax? He said, Yes. And when he came into the house, Jesus spoke to him first, saying, what do you think, Simon, from whom do the kings of the earth take toll or tax, from their sons, or from others? And when he said, From others, Jesus said to him, Then the sons are free. However, not to give offense to them, go to the sea, and cast a hook, and take the first fish that comes up, and when you open its mouth, you will find a shekel. Take that, and give it to them, for me me and for yourself. The Greg says... Next, we have the physical and spiritual healing of a blind and mute demoniac, as told in parallel texts in Matthew and Luke. I lengthened Biblium's selection of Luke here to match what they had for Matthew. Uh, sure, I probably could have cut the Luke version shorter, but who doesn't love working in some theological discussion, and especially Jesus' rare yet present anger?
1: Gospel of Matthew.
3: Then they brought him a demon-possessed man, who was blind and mute. And Jesus healed him, so that he could both talk and see. All the people were astonished, and said, Could this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, It is only by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out demons. Jesus knew their thoughts, and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then can his kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your people drive them out? So then they will be your judges. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man? Then he can plunder his house. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters.
2: Gospel of Luke
3: Now he was casting out a demon that was mute. When the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke, and the people marveled. But some of them said, he casts out demons by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, while others, to test him, kept seeking from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a divided household falls. And if Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebul." And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him, and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted, and divides his spoil. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. The Greg says. Jesus' anger appears again in the next miracle.
2: Gospel of Luke.
3: Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a disabling spirit for eighteen years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. When Jesus saw her, he called her over, and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your disability. And he laid his hands on her. And immediately she was made straight, and she glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the people, There are six days in which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. Then the Lord answered him, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water it? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? As he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the people rejoiced at all the glorious things that were done by him. The Greg says... The next miracle has enough echoes that one might be tempted to call it a parallel passage, except it's from the same gospel, so it can't be a synoptic parallel.
2: Gospel of Luke
3: One Sabbath, when he went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching him carefully. And behold, there was a man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus responded to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Or not but they remained silent. Then he took him and healed him, and sent him away. And he said to them Which of you, having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out? And they could not reply to these things. The Greg says The next miracle occurs on the way to Jesus' final earthly destination, but we're not in a particular rush. We've got time for a mass healing and a lesson in gratitude that will absolutely be homilized for millennia to come.
2: Gospel of Luke
3: On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers, who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, And he said to him, Rise, and go your way. Your faith has made you well. The Greg says... Okay, now I hate to say it, but last call, folks. If you don't recognize this next miracle, you're unlikely to know any of the others we've got left. It's also the seventh sign in the first twelve chapters of John, a.k.a. the Book of Signs. See if you can predict the miracle when you hear the name. And buckle up, because this is coming from John, and it's a long one.
2: Gospel of John
3: Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment, and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me but I said this on account of the people standing around, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him, and let him go. And let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. The Greg says Now we have one more narrative of persistence from two of the synoptics
4: Gospel of Mark.
3: And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way.
2: Gospel of Luke
3: As he drew near to Jericho, A blind man was sitting by the roadside begging, and hearing a crowd go by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. The Greg says. There are many candidates for the patron saint of No Chill, not only in scriptures, but across church history. Many are charming, this one especially so. Saint Bartimaeus, pray for us. As we near the end, we reach the miracle I immediately scoured the list searching for. It's one of a very different nature from the others than the canonical gospels. It's more like something from the infancy narratives designed to show he really was a human kid with real human kid emotions. In short, every other miracle is a blessing of some kind, or at least a bit of creative accounting with the fish coin for the temple tax. But here, here we have a straight-up curse, described in both Matthew and Mark.
1: Gospel of Matthew.
3: In the morning, as he was returning to the city, he became hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the wayside, he went to it and found nothing on it, but only leaves. And he said to it, May no fruit ever come from you again. And the fig tree withered at once. When the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither at once? And Jesus answered them, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, Be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive, if you have faith.
4: Gospel of Mark
3: On the following day, when they came from Bethany, he was hungry, and seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, May no one ever fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. The Greg says... I like how Mark's version makes it absolutely clear that this was not the fig tree's fault, as it would have taken a miracle, hint, hint, for the fig tree to bear fruit out of season. And yet... The fig tree received a miracle but the bad kind at least in matthew that happens in mark the cursing of the fig tree happens verbally but there's no sign of a miraculous consequence and the narrative simply moves on to jesus cleansing the temple leading to lots of delicious speculation about a connection between those two events more on that in odd 26. now if you weren't sure if this was ever going to conclude things escalate significantly up next because Jesus' next miracle takes place after his arrest. Only Luke mentions this miracle. Gospel of Luke. And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said, No more of this. And he touched the ear and healed him. The Greg says, Only John gives the servant a name. Malchus. Similarly, Only John labels the one who cut off Malchus' ear, our old friend, Simon Peter. His proto-popishness sure did like to rush off into things, and we will have more on the long evening Peter starting to have here, coming in future episodes, before the cock crows three times. The 37th miracle occurs after the Triduum events, and I actually already described it way back in episode 1, Rocky back in June 2020. So I'm simply going to refer you back there because, man, this has been a long one. All right, well, that'll do. Uh, we will see you next time for the uh, Feast of the uh, Trinity next Sunday. And then uh, the next episode will be less than a week after that, and then about a week for the one after that, and less than a week for the one after that. And then we're at June 29th, that big circled day, so... Yeah, lots coming up. Uh, thank you, as always, to uh, my family. Their loving support. My uh, parents who um, helped me, you know, set up my studio initially in their basement. Um, and then uh, set up a studio in my basement with uh, much more uh, help getting an actual proper room built or proper being in air quotes there, but a good studio space. Also, thank you, of course, especially to Vice Pope, Mrs. Pope, their History, and uh, congratulations to my children for making it to summer. Uh, you guys are great, and I love watching you grow. Thank you as well to everyone else who has helped me along the way and is continuing to assist with all of the various little projects I sick you on. You're great. Thank you all. God bless.